Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 207. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the acclaimed and celebrated New Hampshire artist and illustrator, Matthew Crafton. Matt. Hi. How's it going? Good. It's good to be here. So as of this recording, you are... You are hanging out at our at our mutual connections house right now. Jesse Lumberg, who was on in one of our, I think episode ten is when he came on. But you guys are together mm-hmm. because tomorrow, as of this recording, is Granite Con. Yeah, which both of you are going to be tabling at tomorrow, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited because that one was one of the ones that was it's been delayed for quite a while, and like I had the table already bought from like two years ago, <laughs> so it's like. I'm excited. I'm like, finally. And so did you, so, so talk to us. Is this the, have you done conventions post COVID so far? Or is this the first one? I've done a handful of them. They've been, okay. uh, you know, a smattering of them. And uh, since it's gotten a bit more lax, the, the conventions themselves have been kind of getting back to being more chill too. Like the, the vibe has been really nice. Um, because people are just a bit more relaxed, but they still have restrictions. Like they're still making sure people are vaxxed and you know things like that. So right. it's uh, it's safe but relaxed. It's like what I like right. to say. <laughs> How are things different, as you say, like in in the convention scene as well? Is um, it has rules and procedures changed at all? Not too too much. I mean, they just I guess the uh, the ones that I went to didn't have terribly strict. Um, they didn't have someone at the door checking for vaccinations or anything like that. They just had like on all the promotional stuff said, you know, masks recommended and um, like vaccinations required and things like that. But I'm not sure where they were, where they were checking that stuff. Like, I guess for vendors, they just would ask us and we'd say, yeah, we're vaccinated and they wouldn't, they wouldn't check us, but I guess they might've been checking um, guests at the, at the entrances, but again, I'm not sure the rules didn't really change too, too much. I mean, when it came to how it felt, but there were definitely different um, signage and things like that. Right. Um, and so how are you different from now as, as, as exhibiting, are you doing the same thing or have you been able to uh, change up your, your setup and exhibiting at all? Cause um, for me, it really hasn't changed much at all. Um, being, being fully vaxxed myself, I usually don't worry too, too much about wearing a mask. But like if someone, you know, I if someone is um, hesitant to like come close, I ask them like, would you like me to put one on? You know, that kind of stuff. Because I want to be conscious of, conscious of of everyone else. Just, you know, just because I'm vaxxed doesn't mean that they might be comfortable with me being unmasked. Right. Like that's really all I really changed about, more about just how I approach people and how I talk to people is changed a little bit. The um, exhibiting my artwork it, itself, I just, now I just keep a display copy. Like there's one uh, display copy of the comic that is dedicated. And that's like one thing that I've done to sort of help out. And uh, towards the beginning of the year, when things were a bit more tight, I had some hand sanitizer on the table, you know, just to make door. Right. Yeah. And so how, and so talk to us a bit about how 
new things, as you mentioned, is like as as a pre-pandemic. Now, what if somebody says, you know what, I haven't seen Matt Crafton's table. I'm excited to see his stuff at Granite mm-hmm. Con. What can they expect that's different than they would have a couple of years ago that's at your table? Yeah, we're work- I'm working with Google Plex Collectibles. Um, they're based out of, I believe it's Connecticut. Um, I've been working with them for about a year and a half now. And now it's seamless for me to create new prints. Like I can go right from my iPad into a Dropbox and he will have them ready and to my door in three days. They are the most vibrant, most colorful prints I've ever seen. And they're all UV coded. And that's the the newest thing that I have on my table is I have maybe 50 50 or so new um, paintings, um, 25 of which I've gotten printed. So I have like 25 new prints on the table that are in this like incredibly vibrant color and and uh, crispness that comes from this new printer that I've been working with. And uh, like I haven't, I've been working really hard on issue two of the comic, but it's not ready for GraniteCon. But um, later this year, I'll have that on the table as well. Okay. Yeah. And what I love about your work too, Matt, is that you unlike other other artists that we talk to that a lot of it is either something about superheroes or there's something about fantasy um you are full deep on illustration sci-fi like you even some of the work that you have that might not be technically sci-fi has a sci-fi air to it i mean as an example mm-hmm. i think about i think about the the picture you have with um your Chevy, the picture that you have of, of just like your, the, 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 the Chevy that you, that you, that you drew that in itself also feels a bit sci-fi in the sense of just like the flowers that are growing around it almost kind of have this otherworldly look to it. So, Oh yeah, talk, I see. Talk to us about your, your inspiration and how you kind of started getting into, into illustration. Oh man, um, if we want to go like down to basics, I think the way that light behaves mm. um, is was like my main like thing. Like I want what I really wanted to get good at was expressing the way that light behaves properly. So like and subsequently color, like color with that. So like my thing has always been vibrant colors and um, really good lighting. Like I love creating really interesting lightscapes. I tend to drift really, really too far into um, silhouettes. Like I feel like I have silhouettes. Every other painting is a silhouette, light, light scene. Um, just because I love the way that light will bend around an object. Um, but as far as other inspirations, I was actually really inspired by classic anime, um, par- partly because of the way they did their backgrounds and how everything was such bright colors, and there'd be these really cheerful scenes of just like they always made everything look so pleasing, I guess is the best way to put it. And I always, I wanted to sort of emulate that lighting style and in the way that they did forests and towns. And uh, I've mixed that sort of with the hard sci-fi. So I'll have these destruct, like very destructive looking scenes, but it's all bright colors and bright lighting. And didn't you say also like in your that you were kind of inspired by the stars as well since you've been very young? 
Oh yeah, yeah. There's um, walking outside. Uh, when I was a kid, at night to get to um, my, me and my brother had this clubhouse. This clubhouse. It was like an old barn that we like converted into a clubhouse, and it was across the driveway. And we'd we'd walk over there like nine at night, and the stars would be out, and it was just mind blowing, looking up because well, New Hampshire internet, but also New Hampshire night skies. <laughs> like kind of a trade-off <laughs> and and also do you a lot of your inspirations then is like where what about when it comes to like the the your sci-fi images where do your inspirations come from this is this something straight from your imagination or is there things that you might have read or seen that kind of inspired you to do your own take on um that's really it, it's it, it's interesting because i grew up on like 80s war movies yeah and like alien and commando and um a lot of these and my dad was in the military and i used to visit the military base so so much of my art started as a like a core starting of i used to draw like tanks and aircraft and soldiers and um the weapons and the the and then eventually i started watching more and more like star wars and mm. more star trek and i was like wait space so my work could probably be described as a mixture of saving private Ryan and star Trek smashed together. Huh. <laughs> like, because I, I want like the hard sci-fi, but I also really love, um, that gritty, um, fiery, bloody, you know, war stuff too. <laughs> right. It's so talk to us about is all your work digital you kind of said the word painting as well is this like do you mean like painting as in actual like canvas and paint or you just paint as in like digital painting oh i do a bit of both like uh okay i like to say that i really have something for everyone like i actually just did an art show up up around where i live and i did 12 different canvas paintings for that art show uh the art show is called Intergalactic Wilds. So all of them were dedicated space paintings. Um, and my focus was actually to remove the human element from them so that when you're at the art show going through the paintings, you are the human element. So that's what I was trying to go for. Okay. But those were all canvases. And that was actually the first time I've done that many canvas pieces in a row. Because since I've gotten my iPad, I feel like I'm constantly doing digital work but i do love um working on canvas i like I actually feel like the limit the limitations of it forced me to be careful hmm. um so you also mentioned so what genre of medium do you usually see you get your most of your commissions from oh it's it's almost always sci-fi like it's okay. usually pe right. people will recognize the science fiction um in in my on my instagram or on my website um and they will they'll be like oh i want i want a star destroyer or i'm gonna like i'm just now working on a piece um that is a of, of a jedi of a close friend of mine that he want like he wanted uh like himself as a jedi and i get i get to do that that one's really fun the last one i did was actually i get some really fun ones like someone wanted this crystal creature guy like in, in a in a cave filled with crystal trees and i was like oh that's really cool this is so fun to do um and then 
one thing I've been getting a lot of is um, live streamers want overlays. They want custom overlays. They don't want to use the overlay um, tools that are online because they don't want an overlay that looks like everyone else's. Mm -hmm. And I built my own overlay for my live stream and people are looking at that and they're like, oh, can you design this for me? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I can. You know, what, what What do you got? And then I'll, you know, they'll give me the, the pitch and I'll give them an invoice. And now I'm doing full, full on um, overlays for live streamers too, which is something I didn't expect. <laughs> wow. Okay. And would that be something, and would that be something that you do purely digitally then? Yeah, it's just easier. I mean, if someone requested it to look more natural, like a natural paint style, mm -hmm. I, um, of course, could could take the canvas paintings and then upload them to the computer to build the overlay that way. That would actually create a really interesting look. I don't know if anyone's done that yet. Mm. That'd be interesting. Um, and so, so talk to us a bit about your your actual design. So what do you use, oh. as you mentioned, some paint? And then how about from the digital perspective? How do you do that? The digital perspective, um, nowadays, it's it's really not that much different uh, from okay. from regular art because now it's actually all right on the screen. You have mm -hmm. a, a stylus that feels like a natural pencil in your in your hand. And I actually got a screen protector that feels like paper. And now it, my brain can't tell the difference, really. The, the only difference mm -hmm. is I can undo and I can edit layers separately. The example I have to give people is that I use traditional techniques on digital paintings because I like the, the traditional look, but I like the flexibility of digital. So when I'm painting, I like to limit myself to like maybe 10 layers, unless it's a really intricate piece, because that makes it so that you can like just really um dig in and, and make it feel like it's like you could touch it almost yeah you got some like i said there's there's so much atmosphere do you prefer doing landscapes or do you prefer doing scenes or do you prefer doing like characters i actually really miss doing characters um the last year or so i really haven't had time to work on my comic and I really do miss doing like characters doing poses and expressions and designing and doing the character design. Um, so I, I love doing characters, but I find myself doing so many spacescapes and landscapes this past year. Um, so like, I, again, it's like one of those things where I love all of it. I love all the art and it's hard to choose some days. All right. Now, did you did it kind of help me out during through COVID through the pandemic of actually drawing outer space and otherworldly landscapes? Oh, I, I I actually have it as a hashtag on every one of my every one of my uh, Instagram posts has this hashtag if if I can fit it in. Sometimes I like to to tell a story in my in my post so I don't have room for all the hashtags, but I like to say this is my church. It's like without without art, I would be like I'd be right. completely too far gone, so to speak. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd say the paint the the artwork being an artist during the pandemic was actually very freeing. Mm. It, it made me feel very uh, there's a lot of support too. Like 
maybe a month after everything went down, I had people texting me like, Hey, do you need, do you need money? Like I, I could use some art and like, I know people are hard on money now. And I was like, I was like, guys, this is amazing. Like, thank you so much for reaching out and getting commissions. And where do you see most of your, as you mentioned, is that science fiction? Is it, do you do things for other artists or do you do things for like, say like role-playing games or where do you see some of your. Um, I've had, I got a commission of, this was before I even got heavy into doing conventions um, for a game uh, called Warhaven. Okay. That, um, Unfortunately, never got fully produced. Um, they had a Kickstarter that was fully funded, and then they ended up having some issues with their, I want to say their back end. It's like mm. the all the people who are working together weren't necessarily working that well together or that efficiently, and eventually they had to scrap the project because of several things just happened. And all the like, all the artists got paid. It wasn't like a big scandal. It was just more of a uh, an unfortunate thing. But I got the chance to do. I got the chance to design the human characters for the game, and do I think it was six or eight cards for the game itself, and wow. that was such a fun project to work on because I got to see other artists doing the other human cards, using my design oh, for cool. the humans, and I was like, oh damn, they they took that shoulder pad and they did this, or they they took the visor and they added these things to it. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. It was, that was a really fun project for that reason. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've done, I've done a couple of games, done a couple of, uh, I've worked on a couple of comics that weren't my own. But yeah, sorry, you were about to say? Oh, I was going to ask you too to, to talk to us a bit about some of your, your projects here, the Pendulum, Void Server, and Wastelander. Um, yeah, so Void Sever is the one that I have currently working. Like it's it's the one that that I have. Um, I'm up to issue two of it. I have an issue zero and an issue one. Mm -hmm. Void Sever is a it's like an homage to uh, Lewis Carroll. It is a science fiction retelling of Alice in Wonderland, but I use retelling loosely because the more I dug into it, the more I realized that there's it's, it's way more complex than Lewis Carroll's story. And I'm going to end up having to change a lot, but there's a lot there. Like the cyberpunk wolf, uh, sorry, the uh, steampunk wolf that you see there is sort of like my version of the Cheshire cat. Oh, cool. And um, the whole, the whole um, sort of vibe of the comic is that the you're basically going to be going mad right alongside the main characters. Like, I don't want the reader to to necessarily be able to know what's real and what's not. Okay. Um, so far in issue one, um, you're basically just getting an introduction to the character, though. Okay. So, like, some of that sort of madness-inducing stuff isn't um, right in the forefront. But there is, like, maybe two little snippets in there that you're like, what is happening? <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is like, I love, I love that kind of storytelling where you're, you're not necessarily being mean to your readers, but you are kind of messing with them a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. so that's so the current running the... project. <laughs> okay. So how do you balance, how do you balance your commission and your, and the paid gigs you do 
to your pat your own personal passion projects what i normally have to do is if there's a spare moment in the day that is going to be my passion project time so like the a lot of the commissions are on deadlines and i want to get them done on time and i want to you know make sure my reputation remains intact so i work on those um until they are finished on in like my main art time that i have um and then any spare moment where like say i'm um a passenger on a road trip that's when i'm working on my comic or if i'm uh i got 10 minutes before before bed you know that's that's also some passion project time hmm. um it's i mean i i actually have pretty bad adhd i wouldn't say it's full chronic because i have you know, i haven't had to medicate but it does every now and then it's like do I, maybe I'm not actually balancing any of this. Like maybe it just is, it's just happening. Like whenever, it, whenever it, it damn well wants to kind of thing. Right. But I basically will like grasp for the time whenever I, whenever I can. Okay. And so void sever being your latest project. What about pendulum? What's pendulum? Pendulum is my dream project. That is okay. Um, if, if any project got picked up for a movie, that would be the one I would want to be picked up for a movie. So Pendulum is um, about a race of time-traveling, science-worshipping aliens fighting an unstoppable, cyclical apocalypse. And it, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to take up too, too much time on one thing, but that that is a probably my biggest most ambitious project like i want every panel of that comic to be a full digital painting wow and like those the that's those those are the pages that i have like that's how long it's been taking me to work on that project is wow. that that i've i've had pendulum in my head since 2008. Uh, did you how did you kind of like have to make like an entire like like a wiki almost for this like the different races and the different planets and the and science and then all all that stuff did mm -hmm. you already have that all planned out oh yeah i have um whenever i get a flash of inspiration i write it down i put it in a notebook or i do a quick little sketch i have a, a binder dedicated to pendulum like it's all just notes and uh it, it is pretty extensive it, it's getting to the point where sometimes i have too many ideas for it and i don't know if they're even going to make it into the story but i don't want to scrap anything until until i go into the final production of it hmm. that one like is, i guess it's safe to say it's a concept project right. because it's uh someday i will have a lot of time to dedicate to it and i am excited for that day but for now it's kind of like a dream but hmm. yeah that one and is, so then what's wastelander wastelander is the novel that i'm writing that one is okay um kind of also a dream project because i again i plan so much for it but that is a oh, let's see i mean the synopsis is right there on the website but i'm trying to describe it properly so that that story has a lot to do with how uh, humans treat each other and the human condition and it, it follows a group of mercenaries that sort of uncover a plot to destabilize um the stable, the um, you know, the main systems within um, the sol not the solar system, but like a small sector of the galaxy, and uh, 
they like go so far deep into it that they themselves don't know if they can trust uh, their own organization. Mm. So it's like almost like a cross between a war story and a crime drama. Okay. okay. And then it, it centers around um, these characters that are almost like society's misfits um, that have supernatural abilities that sort of evolved over time. And it takes right. place in 2,238. Right. I mean, so I'm really curious because a lot of this stuff is like you, 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 you have yourself labeled as a freelance artist, but you also do a lot of writing. So do yeah. you see yourself as an artist who writes or a writer who does artwork then? At the moment, I'm an artist who writes because of the, okay. the commissions they're taking precedence and the comic requires so much more art than writing. And then uh, I'm working with a couple of other people on some other comic projects as well, which I'm doing mostly just the art for that. So yeah, I definitely would describe myself as an artist who, who does writing. Now, I'm really curious about this other part. Are all three of these projects, are they in the same like universe or are they separate? Um, Void Sever could be in the same universe as Wastelander. Because okay. um, Void Sever, the, the time period is kind of unknown. Um, in Void Sever, what basically happened to Earth is we we got too big for our britches and, and blew up the planet mm -hmm. and had to leave. And the time that it takes to get from our planet to another one with the technology at the time, it, we're talking like 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 years. So at the beginning of Void Sever, I really just said, I don't even, I don't think I'm even going to talk about what time it is. <laughs> so it very well could be in the same universe as Wastelander, because Wastelander takes place in theoretically our universe, like, okay. um, but it's just advanced into the future. Hmm. Now, so I noticed is like everything, all these things have in common is that sci-fi piece to it, science fiction mm -hmm. aspect to it. What is it about science fiction that draws you to be a part of that as compared to other, other genres? Oh man, I'd, I'd have to say it's, it's that it's almost like sci-fi is a perfect mirror to, mm. to just like turn on society and be like, uh, almost like just to say, how do you, how do you feel? You know? So after, after reading this, after absorbing this, how do you feel? That's what I love about sci-fi is that it, it, it's always done that to me of like, Oh, that's almost like, especially Star Trek does it more than anything else. I think where it, it, it turns a mirror on society and says, do you see, do you see the problem here? <laughs> and like when it, but when it comes to like the idea of, finding beauty in the destruction, like that's a huge um, theme for me. Um, I like to use sci-fi as a mirror for that of like, okay, here are all these nasty things out there in the universe. And scientists are trying to get you to read their article by making it sound really scary. But in my artwork, I want to see, I want you to see that, okay, a black hole destroying an entire solar system, that is pretty scary. But look how, look how beautiful it can be as well. Like just, don't worry about it. It's not our solar system. You know, like it's, it's, it's someone else's. It's fine. <laughs> and, and so with that, like looking for the beauty in the, in, in the destruction and looking at beauty and that holding up that mirror piece to it. Um, what are some, what are some themes 
in science fiction that you will always gravitate to of whether it be about discovery or destruction or ingenuity or perseverance? What are some of those things that um, you like to tell those types of stories? Oh man, there's a, there's a, sorry. Is it all right if I quote something from my comic? Is that too? No, like, this is your show, right. man. No, you do yeah, what you so need to. I, I just keep thinking about this, this line that I put in the, in issue zero of um, the steampunk wolf character is, is narrating. And he goes, the, the tenacity of these apes. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it's that really, that's the biggest thing in a lot of science fiction that I see of like, humans are not very strong in comparison to the the immense power that's out there in the universe like if we we wouldn't like we need so much special tools just to get to mars and mars is right next door yeah. and uh to think that we we would be we would have that <laughs> the audacity to just like okay let's just go <laughs> let's just go there and that's that's sort of the main theme in sci-fi that has always drawn me in of like humans will dare to go anywhere and do anything and we our own limitations are immense like we have so many things that we're well we're fragile beings and yet we have such tenacity and determination in us and i love all the sci-fi stories that show that and i love the sci-fi stories the most that have aliens in it that are like incredibly adaptable and strong and like they have like skin as hard as stone and stuff like that and they're looking at the humans like, how did you even get here? <laughs> how, how did you get this far? And the, the, the prevailing theme is that we don't give up. We are right. persistent predators. Like we just will never stop like trying. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and you don't, and, and that, that's a good point, but you would get some of those, as you say that like science fiction almost as a, as a genre represents entire species where if you think about like from like, say, a fantasy novel it's about individual heroes or something so it's oh yeah yeah that's interesting yeah. Mm. and do you feel and this is this is my other question which i find interesting is that you work mostly in like creating these sci-fi some of your most beautiful artwork pieces as we said are, are some of your your science fiction landscapes does it feel out of place to use almost like Luddite materials, like just like using actual paint in an actual canvas or does it, does it feel more at home to do science fiction landscapes digitally? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. I love that. Um, so we, I run into this really interesting thing where using natural materials almost feels like a, almost like you're opening up a portal to, to, to these worlds like when i when i when i started doing these paintings for this art show i was so surprised by how so many of my techniques and from the digital art actually do apply to the canvas but i just now i'm thinking from the back forward so for instance there was one painting in particular that it ended up having like a purple sort of a, a purple planet with some yellow clouds in the background and it ended up looking more blues, blues and purples, but without the layers of the, pl the planet's actually copper colored when I started and I actually used a metallic paint to get that copper color, the copper and the purple, it, you, you, it's almost like you're falling into the atmosphere of the planet when you look at it. 
And I'm like, I don't know if I could have done that digitally. I don't know if I could have actually gotten that feeling of falling in with a digital painting. So to, to answer your question more accurately, sometimes I feel like it's actually better to do it on canvas because you can get something that feels like a, an actual natural phenomenon. Like if you're in space and you're looking at a copper colored planet, but the atmosphere is purple, you're going to be able to look through the atmosphere and sort of feel that depth and that thickness of it. And mm. on a digital painting, sometimes you can't really get that feeling quite right. You can't get the, the layers of paint. Right. So it's, it's almost like when you're, pre, as you mentioned, it's like if you're painting natural landscapes in a sci-fi setting, it seems more genuine. But like, yeah. what if you're painting like street signs or something like some sort of cyberpunk thing? Would it feel weird to do that with actual paint? I think I think so, yeah. Because the there's some tools in digital that make cities and urban things incredibly dynamic and like really really easy to just like swap things in and out and find what works. And I think you're onto something here because with a cityscape, it is all man-made. And anything in the digital painting that looks like it was you know generated quickly and easily is going to look like just an urban thing like it's going to look man-made which really does lend itself i've had i've had a handful of paintings like the you were just looking at one with the robot the giant robot in the desert and the little base next to him that one had a lot of those themes where the bridge i just quickly threw together like there's automatic rulers in some of these digital painting programs where you can just hold down a button and it gives you a straight line and I was able to paint that bridge in like maybe two minutes. And then I was able to put a sort of a concrete texture right over it and use a feature to sort of, uh, it almost like turns it into a flashlight and, and puts it right on the bridge and on nothing okay. else in the scene. And that allowed me to do that, like basically build a bridge in less than maybe 10 minutes or so when I was doing that painting. Of course, I still had to do all the lighting on it, but the man-made aspect of it made it much faster to do in a digital piece. Whereas if I tried to do that on a canvas, every line is going to have a variable to it. And every and the line across the page is going to have a variable to it. And it's going to look a bit more jagged, maybe a, a little bit more like more brush strokes showing or, or what have you. And if that's the style I'm going for, that would look fine. But... I definitely I'm picking up what you're putting down that it, it actually would lend itself much more to do urban scenes in a digital piece um, just because of the tool set you have. Hmm. Yeah. And then on there, for those that want to check it out, go to space Viking productions.com. And on there, they'll be able to see all of, all of Matt's artwork, all of his projects that we just talked about. You have a really good shop here. People can actually buy, your comics they can buy you can buy some of your extremely beautiful prints that you have on here mm -hmm. and and also you also have you know, like gear about and also if people are interested in learning doing some commissions you do have quotes on there people that want to look at doing that and these vary in prices depending on what you're what they're asking for correct Oh yeah, yeah. Like um if you want just black and white sort of comic book style character, that'd be the cheapest option. And if you want to add like a background or 
um, add more characters. Like I can go up in price. And then like full color, full detail painting is probably the highest one. But I did have someone that wanted me to do every single Power Ranger plus the the robot in the scene. And that's where it says additional background and details and characters. Um, that ended up being around probably a $600 commission because it was so much detail. And it took me like, I think two and a half months to complete wow. the piece. Yeah. Right. Right. That's amazing. And yeah. So, and also, as you, as you said, check out, you have a really active Instagram and that's at space mm -hmm. Viking 42. If people are interested in on that. Yeah. Um, also, you got a Twitter account as well. So yeah, definitely check that out at Space Viking 42. So. Yep. The Twitter is pretty uh, full of crickets, but it's, uh, I try to like, I'm trying to like um, get into a better pattern of actually scheduling my posts. So that they post mm -hmm. to like every platform. Um, but yeah, Twitter is probably my least active one. Instagram is my most active. And then um, anything related to like events is going to be on the Facebook page. Okay. Yeah. And then also there the the Facebook page is at Space Viking Productions right there. So Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, you know what though? I gotta I gotta say uh it's uh before we went on the show, I was talking about when I started doing this a couple of years ago. Um I said, Man, I gotta get Matt on here. I got his I got his <laughs> artwork hanging behind me. I gotta make yeah. sure I get Matt to come on the show. So I'm very excited that you uh that 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 you made it. So yeah, thank you. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I've wanted right, to get on for a while too. Right, and come back on when you got. You know, I'm really excited to learn more. I'm really excited to learn more about um, Pendulum. That sounds like a it's going to be a pretty fun project. That goes, it's, yeah, that one goes really, really, really deep on uh, yeah. the 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 lore that I've created for it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, Matt, and, and come back on again. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I recently started working with a new printer. Um, you might, you may even know him. Um, it's a Google. New Hampshire internet. There yeah. it is. New Hampshire internet. Okay. <laughs> so I, well, I'll, I'll timestamp this. It'll be smooth. It'll be completely smooth later. So you said, you said you're working with a new printer.